Good evening, everyone! This is CEO Jen, and I do hope you are watching on YouTube this evening because the stars are out tonight here at the Out of Practice Podcast Season 4 Oopsie Awards. I've got to get inside so I don't miss any of the action, but I have it on good authority that tonight Mike is wearing the shirt he got married in, a clean pair of boxer shorts, and a jacket from some old cruise contract that's never been steamed. I know the internet is just buzzing about what Keith was sporting on the red carpet, a vintage 1997 Raffinati tux with a men's warehouse white dress shirt and a rumpled black bow tie of unknown origin. I've also been pouring quite a bit of champagne in Mike's glass, so things are bound to get good. So find a virtual seat and let's start the show! Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the down. Quite a crowd tonight. Quite a crowd. We see to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Barney. Michael Joseph Indeglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. I felt like the NFL for a minute there. there. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on It's the season four out of practice Oopsie Award. You want to watch two grown men sweat through a suit jacket? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the season four Out of Practice Oopsie Awards. Tonight, we hand out the prestigious awards for distinguished achievement on the practice season four. Starring Dylan McDermott. Cameron Mannheim. Steve Harris. Lisa Gay Hamilton. Lara Flynn Boyle. Kelly Williams. And Marla Sokoloff. With appearances by... Jason Kravitz. Colin Taylor. Linda Hunt. Paul Dooley. Bea Richards. James Whitmore. Black Widows. Unexplained Grape Jelly. The Fonz Who Loves Crushing Bugs. Soggy French Fries in Jail. Anthony Held Massa Chewing the Scenery. Kids Committing Felonies. New Kids Committing Felonies. More Unexplained Grape Jelly. And George Vogelman in a Nun's Habit one last time. And now your hosts. Keith Varney and <laughs> Mike and Daglio. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yes. Oh, what an achievement. It's we like are the here. Golden Globes, but just as drunk. Ah, uh, truly. We are here for the season four Oopsie Awards. 
Boy, I'm pretty excited. I've got my nice uh, antique champagne flute filled with Coke Zero. Are, are you excited about this, Mike? I am. In fact, I have a real champagne champagne flute champagne? Uh, that, that Jen has put real alcohol in, so we should <laughs> get through this. <laughs> I can hear Jen laughing in the other room through your microphone. <laughs> what our uh, wonderful viewers at home, well, they're well accustomed uh, yes. getting through four seasons of the shit show that is this podcast, Keith. Mm, mm, yes, in yes. fact, in the season finale of season four, I deleted all the files before they aired and uh, mm -hmm. had to somehow mm -hmm. piece them all back together. But we yeah, thought you sure did. as a mea culpa, we would go all out today, put on a suit, use a green screen, really go for it, and uh, just you know celebrate that we've made it this far together. Yeah, you're yes, and and uh, I'm very happy to have done so, my friend. Uh, of course, I would like to point out for those of you completists who happen to have listened to our our season one uh, episode or season recap, you'll note that we recorded it at about eleven o'clock at night, uh, tired and cranky, and it was probably the laziest piece of podcasting I've ever done in my entire existence. So we're trying to make up for it with this incredible. Oopsie spectacular here for you. Now, let's take a little trip down memory lane. Do you remember, I believe how, it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe how it went was we got through season one, which was a grand achievement for us. All more, six episodes. More for me, but I'll say. Yeah. Because I have a track record of not seeing things through. And I was like, should we take a week off? And you're like, we really shouldn't take a week off. And so we, we met in the middle with, let's just do a 30 minute recap of the season. Right, right. Well, we didn't want to offend our four listeners at that point. Yeah, that's a good, good point. And here we are on the red carpet. Uh, thank you to our CEO, Jen, for the uh, the red carpet uh, reporting that you saw before the show uh, began. Thanks, Jen. Uh, she really wears a lot of hats for us, Keith. Really, and just excellent work. And, you know, she's really, she's risen in the ranks from intern to CEO and now uh, sideline red carpet reporter. I'm not sure if that's up or down from CEO, but it's something. And we really appreciate it. And I I feel seen. I yeah, feel she, seen. she has been asking for money uh, and, and it's gotten a little uncomfortable. But we'll see what season five holds. Well, she owns 50% of your life no matter what happens. So not a problem. Okay, well, for this special Oopsie Award season ending episode i just started saying words that i couldn't figure out how to get out of it so i just kept talking <laughs> we are going to do something special and that is instead of this day in the basement we're going to talk about this summer this day in the basement. basement and of course this year we are talking about the summer of 2000 wow. the first summer of the new millennium and uh I'm sure a lot was happening out in Pennsylvania. Why don't you take us through the special summer of 2000? I would love to do that. It turns out, though, I loaded your photos in first. So why don't okay. we start out in, were you spending the summer in Rochester or Vermont? Or maybe neither. Well, all right. What you did there was uh, what's called in sports ball is call an audible. Mm -hmm. But I, I picked up what you were saying. And I will happily talk about my summer uh, in the basement, I started out the summer back in Vermont, where I spent a uh, a lovely couple of weeks with my girlfriend. Uh, we uh, you can see some pictures there. We went uh, we went 
uh, canoeing up in Vermont. That is in a lake up in Vermont that can only be accessed. There's no road going to it, so you actually have to carry your canoe into it. Super beautiful reservoir up there. And the next picture, you can see my girlfriend, Jessica, canoeing. That was my, uh, my parents' canoe, so we had a lovely time up there. But the big event of the summer was we got on a plane and we headed out to Italy. And what we did in Italy is my family, my uncle and aunt and my cousins there, own what used to be, as you can see in this picture, a an abandoned villa on the hillside of Tuscany. And it is just as beautiful as it sounds. Wait, what? Why did I not know this? Yeah, so this is what we were... So they, ha they bought it um, about 25 years ago when it was basically, they called it the pile of rubble. And it was, it's up there in the middle of nowhere. You can look down and see Florence from the, on the top of a mountain and they can see Florence down it. And what they've done is they have stone by stone for 25 years restored the entire building. And uh, this is what it looks like, looked like about five years after I went up there. But uh, me and my girlfriend and my parents, we spent the summer there uh, mixing cement and laying bricks and literally rebuilding this stone by stone. And uh, it was a really fascinating experience because as we excavated it, we kept digging down and digging down and finding that the house was older and older and older to the point where they now actually have dated the original structure as being pre-Etruscan, meaning it is more than 2,000 years old. So the, the they started building this house before Christ. Uh, and so, yeah, and the Roman road goes right through their front yard. And one of my jobs was there's a lot of earthquakes up there. So when you're restoring uh, an old building like this in Tuscany, you have to sort of set it up to be earthquake-proof. So we built um, earthquake cages around the, the the sort of the top of it and we had to weld uh rebar nets into the walls so what you know what i do i drill a hole in the wall and i put the rebar net and then i would weld the the pieces together to make it structurally sound but the wall that i was working on had been bowed out from shelling during world war ii sheesh because there was a big world war ii battle on that property so you'd find shrapnel and bullets that kind of stuff still on the property anyway so it is now 20 years later, completed and just spectacular. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we had a super lovely time. That's uh, me and, and my girlfriend. Uh, I believe that's the Ponte Vecchio. It might not be, but that's in Florence. So we, we tooled around Italy and had our fanny packs and had this uh, wonderful, magical summer uh, in Italy. So it, yeah, I mean, it was like the bougiest summer I could possibly have picked up, but we had a, had a really lovely time traveling. Um, I didn't learn any Italian, but I ate a lot of great food and, you know, learned some, uh, some renovation skills. So I, you know, I've laid bricks, I've mixed cement, I've welded, I've done all that stuff now. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed. You can't hang a green screen properly, but. Good Lord. No, no, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's not structural. That's the problem. <laughs> <clears throat> That's neat. I actually I learned something. I didn't know that you owned a villa in Tus Tuscany. Well, I don't. <laughs> I, I believe me, I do not. My <laughs> uncle and aunt do, who uh, are retired professional musicians. Uh, he was a French horn player, and she was a violist in the Imagi Musicale in Florence. So they were, you know, they worked with all of the big opera stuff. They played the three tenors concert, the first one, 
And so they were sort of retiring, moving out of music and into just living in this ridiculously beautiful uh, villa. That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, as uh, we've discussed many times on my side of the world, I uh, was participating in a few things that I actually can share with you. So you've heard me spoke about it. This is the summer uh, where we actually did the performance of If I Sing. It was a cabaret that we did with some friends I went to high school with, directed by my friend Matt Decker, who has gone on to a professional directing career. And uh, thanks to Jennifer Masanova, Soon, we will be able to see something. Oh, look at that. I, I don't know what's on that tape, but I'm pretty sure it's the whole show or at least enough of it to make fun of me. So, we'll, Oh, I we'll, can't wait. We'll definitely visit that in the future. Uh, but you might also recall, let's see if I can do the technology needed to do this. Uh, that night, I do Ooh. have some pics. Uh, this is after the performance with my brother. Now, you know, I've mentioned a few times before, Keith, my brother and I ran a summer camp for, well, we headed up the special needs program. <clears throat> right. And this was the first summer I did not uh, participate in camp. Well, I didn't, I wasn't a counselor in camp. My, my brother's, my brother's, one of my brother's last years, but I was uh, not working at camp. I was working on some shows. So it was really still really kind of special for, you'll see in the background there, a lot of my camp counselors and friends from the summer camp actually came to see the performance, which was really nice. Oh, fun, cute. Uh, in addition, I've talked multiple times about Mrs. Ebersol, who got me into the theater. She sparked my passion for it in high school, and she also came to see If I Sing that evening. Uh, I think it was a whole weekend we did it. So Aww. here's a picture afterwards. That rock, still trying for that goatee. In, uh, good, good luck. <laughs> and you'll also remember uh, getting there about an hour and a half early was my father there in the middle, my mom to his right. I don't know why there was a special chair in between them. <laughs> indicative of so many things in therapy. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. To the right of my mom there on the left side of your screen, that's my grandmother uh, who's no longer with us and her husband at the time. It's, uh, he's no longer Cute. with us either. But everyone else you see are my camp counselors all, all packing in, getting ready to watch. Now, in addition... Uh, I want to point out that uh, that summer I, I also portrayed uh, Pippin in a production of Pippin. Yes! Uh, a tape does exist somewhere. I don't know where, uh, but oh. I have this one photograph. Look of, at you, shirtless, makeup heavy, Mike! Yep, that was, a, that was the last moment of the last scene of Pippin, which is pretty powerful, and uh, yeah. that's... Uh, is my friend Carrie there playing Catherine and the kid there, uh, her name is Brittany something or other. Uh, and she grew up to be, she's a grown up now, uh, but I think she's, I would imagine. I think she's what a, I, I'm pretty sure she's a Trumper. So, Oh no. Uh, well, yeah, what that, her political Brittany, opinion, Brittany, what happened? <laughs> I think I don't quote What did that. life do to you, Brittany? Oh my God. Uh, well, it's, it all started there folks. <laughs> But lastly, that Keith, was I, the path. I do have something special here. So, oh, I'm excited. You'll recall that I mentioned my summer camp, though I did not, uh, though I did not participate as a camp counselor that year. There was something special we did. So, at the end of every year of summer camp, we'd have a talent show, and at the end of the talent show, what we would do is my brother and I would do some sort of like wrestling skit. My brother, as you may or may not, I think we talked about, uh, was a professional wrestler. Professional wrestler, yeah. 
And so we would put together some sort of a wrestling themed type of thing. And my brother was always the big hero, right? And we'd bring in an outside camp force, like one of his friends from wrestling, and they'd fight for the fate of camp every year. So <laughs> awesome. what we did this year, because we knew it was our last year, well, my had already finished, but it was my brother's last year, was in the about two weeks leading up to the end of camp, my brother turned heel. Now, in professional wrestling parlance, what that means is he became a bad guy. And they were having just like a group meeting in the beginning of camp, and my brother took a pillow polo stick. You know what that is, Keith? A pillow polo stick? Yeah, I don't know if no, it's a No, I do not know thing. what that is. Well, do you remember in American Gladiators, that like jousting oh, sure. Q-tip yeah, 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 thing? Yeah. It's one of those. So he took one of those and he knocked out the director of Parks and Rec and he became a bad guy. And he decided that he was selling camp. So there'd be no camp the next year. This is the last year of camp. My brother's selling camp. And oh the kids God, were all booing. Amazing. They're upset. So about a week before the talent show... Who comes back from retirement but Mike and Deglio? Yeah. I can't believe you want to sell camp, Nick. I can't believe that everything we've worked for, you're going to just throw away. And so it came down to it that I decided to come out of retirement. My brother and I would have one last wrestling match. If he wins, camp is sold. No camp for the kids ever again. Oh, my God. If, I'm excited. If I win, camp is saved, and there will be camp next summer. So, Keith, I have the last few moments. My sister was guest referee. Uh, oh, my God. This is I'm so excited about this. Now, it's on VHS, and it is pretty uh, uh, pretty blurry. But oh, my brother and yes. I actually, my brother and I are commentating so you can hear what's happening. And here we go. Hopefully, it works. Some interference from outside the ring. Is he going to hit the girl? Is he going to hit the girl outside the ring? Zero gravity oh might God. hit director Jess Mazeski. Oh, she hits him! She hits him! As Butchie hit... That's you in the black? No! He's gonna go for the people... Oh, wait, there's no... There's there's no pad. There's no pad. So he's gonna take it off of Zero Gravity. Who was trying to take over camp. Yeah, Zero Gravity was a heel. Watch the kids go insane, Keith. Park and Rick supervisor, Dan Russell. Here comes People's Elbow. Fake bounce off the ropes! Fake bounce off the ropes! People's Elbow! Big sell. <laughs> that girl is excited in front there. They are the youth pop. Oh my god, this is extraordinary. <laughs> well, camp looks like it's been saved this year. Camp was saved. I can't oh wait to see what 2001 has in store. God. Wow. I, I don't know I've ever received applause like that ever again. I know. I we might have to wrestle for season six. Thank you for sharing that. Well, that was this summer in the basement. Uh, we're not going to do a full d this day in the world or this summer in the world, but I can uh, I can tell you that the top movies this summer included the X Men, the first X Men. I remember being so excited for that. I I I was too. I I enjoyed it. I liked X Men three, and everyone else hated it, but I actually liked it. What Lies Beneath, which was filmed uh, in Vermont, near where my parents were. In fact, my grandfather was an extra in that, although he got cut out. But his car is in the movie, and he got paid for his car being on the street for a scene that made it into the film. And that was the uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, what's-his-nuts? That guy. Harrison Ford. Harrison yeah. Ford. So that was pretty cool. That was a big deal up in Vermont when they were filming that at the Champlain Bridge before they 
course, the, the Champlain Bridge, they, the finale of that takes place, and it was a real bridge in Vermont between Vermont and New York over the Hudson, or Lake Champlain up there. Um, but the problem was, about 15 years later, they did an inspection and realized, oh shit, it's literally about to fall down. So they had to shut it down overnight and then implode it. Oh, wow. They didn't realize that it was just about to fall into Lake Champlain. So that was exciting. Okay, it is time for the segment where we talk about how season four of The Practice was received in the world. This is And big. if you remember last year, we are reigning champs as the Emmy Awards for Best Drama. We Holland Taylor's coming off an Emmy, and uh, oh, and Michael Badalucco's coming off an Emmy. So here we are. It's time to go to the Emmys Ooh. for season four, hosted by Gary Shandling. And would you believe we had some folks in the outstanding supporting actor field? So roll video one. All that kissing and look where it got us. Knocked up. Yeah. Look, Kelly Williams, I think, was pregnant. In a drama series of Dylan, you dirty, Michael dirty. Yay, Michael! Dominic Kianese, The Sopranos. Steve Harris, The Practice. Yeah! yeah! We got two noms, baby! Richard Schiff, The West Wing. Oh, Toby. John Spencer, The West Wing. Oh, Leo. And Leo. And the Emmy Bataluco? goes to... Two for two? Richard Schiff. Yeah. Oh, oh, Toby! It's time for the West Wing oh, to no. come and kick our ass. Okay, so no dice for Michael Bataluco and Steve Harris. Oh man, this that's time. a goddamn shame. It is a goddamn. <laughs> like, this, my heart's broken a little bit. <laughs> I know. Okay. Oh. Uh, okay. So next up, we have outstanding guest actor in a drama. Okay. And uh, there, unfortunately, is no video oh. of this category. Okay, so what do I have queued up? Well, I'm going to tell you once I'm done talking about it. So we had not one, not two, but three guest actors up for this category. Can you guess which ones they are? Best guest actors. Um, Massachusetts. No. Okay. Uh, James Whitmore. Yes. Uh, Fonz. Yes. Two for three is not bad. Who's the third? The third is Judge Swackheim, Paul oh. Dooley. Yeah. Okay. Now for the now. Uh, oh, geez, really? All right. And uh, but. For the winner, we do not have this part from the Emmys, but we're going to hear from the winner in video two. Today, millions of Miracle Grow gardeners are getting wonderful results with this amazing invention the Miracle Grow No Clog Garden Feeder. It's the fastest, easiest feeder I've ever used. Well, now you can use it to feed your lawn. 
because now there's Miracle Grow Lawn Food. It makes lawn care so easy. James Just drop Whitmore. in and spray on. This episode brought to you by. You'll see lush green results in days. Oh, that's funny. Who won his Emmy for Best Guest Actor for the practice? He could have okay. won for that commercial. I believe that his that was his lawn. He did a whole series of them. They're all on YouTube. You could definitely check them out. Okay, so the next one I also do not have a video for. Oh man, I, it was it was not available. You just have to take my word for it. All right, so we had an outstanding supporting actress in a drama series. Now, who would you guess would get the outstanding actress in a drama series nomination for season four of The Practice? You get three guesses. Well, Holland was barely in it, so. And this is for best guest or best supporting no, actress? Best supporting. Kelly Williams? Definitely Cameron. No. Definitely Cameron. No again. How's Cameron not nominated? Uh it's not Lucy. Or, excuse me, it's not Marla. Lisa Gay wasn't in this season, basically barely. It has to maybe one of the guest stars like Holland, like uh, maybe oh uh, Marley. No, uh, yeah, the for for supporting actress again as a guest actress who did nothing. Holland Taylor was the only person nominated. She's nominated again. She was nominated again, despite the fact she didn't really do anything this episode and overlooked our main cast entirely. Entirely. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it either. That is some nonsense. That is some nonsense. If but I weren't we... already halfway through my Oopsie Spectacular, I would boycott just as a, uh, a matter of pride. Or not pride. Well, I am, I am boycotting all subsequent broadcasts of the 2000 Emmys. I'll tell you okay, that much. Okay, you know what? I'll join you for that. I'll, I'll drink to that. Jen, my mimosa is a little empty here, but... Oh, oh no. Okay, moving forward. Being my boss, I probably now... shouldn't tell you that. Yeah, oh, clearly. So our next uh, category, of course, is now Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series. Now, we had two nominees this year. I bet you can guess which two. Marley and Bea Richards. Bea Richards. But yes, those were the two nominees. There was no video of this, but I have found a video commemorating this actress... By another actress in the show, roll video three. University of Georgia. The Peabody Awards. A the Peabody. Peabody goes to Bia, a black woman speaks, a loving biographical tribute to this Bia actress Richards, is wonderful. Offering a remarkable insight into her life as an actress, poet, teacher, and social activist. And that something was Bia's undying commitment to truth and freedom oh, through her poetry, in spite of the negative consequences to herself. She demonstrated this time and again at political rallies, fundraisers, and concerts. Mr. Patterson was the first person I saw who was going to the wall for these guys. So you couldn't scare me with talking about your communism. No, you couldn't scare me with that. That shit didn't scare me. Because I faced it every day in Mississippi. I would die 
for these people. They're my people. There's thought for me to, to say I'm a human being. I will die for them. Producer, writer, director. Wow. Oh, you keep it rolling. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought I, I, I... because the producer, writer, director of this film, who won the Peabody, was our good friend and cast hey, member hey, hey, hey. Lisa Gay Hamilton. Thank you. When we uh, first came into the room, um, Lisa Heller of HBO and, and Netta Army and my producer and Joe Viola, my pr other producer, and Kate Amend, we all said, who would have thunk? <laughs> because this started out being just the smallest of projects and it turned out being a, a giant. Um, and I don't think any of us ever dreamed of winning a Peabody, let alone that it would end up on HBO. And I learned early on from Bia that that's just what she wanted me to do. She wanted me to imagine, to dream out mm. loud, to realize and utilize my power as a black woman and as a human being. And as I found the courage to tap that deep and powerful well came our brilliant editor, Kate Amend, Dr. Bernice Johnson Regan, Toshi Regan and Jerry Allen, our composers, Savanto Green, our cameramen, Sherry Fisher, Bia's niece, and I really wouldn't be standing here without Jonathan Demi, who took a very small idea of mine and had the faith to believe in me and sent me two cameras and said, oh, just, just go shoot a couple of hours with Bia <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Well, I don't think he and I ever imagined this. Lastly, I'd like to leave you with a definition of the word being, and it is a word that changed Bia's life and it changed my life and perhaps it will change yours. Being is mortal existence in a complete and perfect state, lacking no essential characteristic, complete God. This Peabody is perfect, and the Bia Black Woman Speaks family thanks you for this. Thank you very much. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That was that was a couple years later uh, that Lisa Gay created this movie and and uh, and and created this and and unfortunately Bia did not live long enough to receive her Emmy. Hmm. She she died uh, after she filmed this last episode. Uh, I wonder. Is, I wonder if that what the the difference in time is because is, could that be a reason why Kelly or. Lisa Gay was written out of the season, kind of. I don't. I don't think so. It's hard. Yeah, I, that's a that's a good question. I I don't actually know, but yeah, no. She so Bia died September fourteenth, two thousand. Um, oh, wow. Unfortunately, but certainly, uh, boy, what a what a speaking of legacy, which we'll definitely talk about later. Like what a what a legacy to leave and and passing the torch. Uh, to Lisa Gay, who picked it up and won a freaking Peabody with it. Yeah, that was really beautiful. So, really beautiful, really cool. Love all the connections there. Okay, the last category, or the last two categories of the Emmys, we were nominated for Outstanding Casting, Janet Gilmore and Megan McConnell, 
who absolutely deserved absolutely. it. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Nominated, unfortunately lost. There is no footage, which brings us to finally the big cheese of the Emmys, the outstanding drama series. We have been nominated. Roll the clip. We got it, baby. The nominees for outstanding drama series are. Well, let me see who the other nominees are. ER. Ah, that's yesterday's news. Yeah, in order. Nah. Yesterday's and today's. Yeah. Yeah. The Sopranos. Oh, they, that sucked. The West Wing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and the Emmy goes to... The West Wing. Oh. Oh, yes. And so begins the time when the West Wing kicks all of our butts. <laughs> hey, that was you, Keith. Keith Lyman. It was. It was me. It was Josh Lyman, me. Uh, so, uh, mean, meanwhile, across the uh, awards world in the Golden Globes, we were nominated for Best Series again and lost to the West Wing. And nominated for Best Actor, Dylan lost to Martin Sheen. So, <laughs> Martin Sheen's so good He's, in that show. I, I know. I, I, look, you know, you got to tip your hat to the West it's Wing. It's an honor just to be can... nominated alongside such great nominees. I've got hair curtains, hair hey, curtains. You know what? I'm out, but... This is a very important, it's a very important show. I've got to look good. CEO, CEO, get the man a drink. All right, it is. All right, people should know it's three forty-five in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you start so late? Oh, I've been working. All right. Well, this means it is time to dispense with all of the nonsense. The Emmys, the Golden Globes, the Peabody's, they've got Child's nothing. Play. Child's play because we are here for the Oopsie Awards, the most prestigious fake award exclusively about the practice in the world. So it is time for our first category. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, and we have more. It is full. Oh, see, I it deletes you. Wait, put it back up again. Put 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 it up to your face again, through the green screen. Oh. <laughs> it literally. <laughs> oh wow! My... It's magic. That's what I'm saying. Look at that. <laughs> oh, if you're not watching this on YouTube, what are you doing? You're missing all of the fun green screen hijinks. Uh, so oh, oh yes, right. we have an award. We have a, important awards to distribute. We have a major award to distribute, starting with. The Out of Practice Podcast Oopsie Award for Most Valuable Lawyer. The nominees are Lindsay Dole for the episodes Boston Confidential, Committed, Hammerhead Sharks, and Blowing Smoke. Eleanor Frott for Bay of Pigs, Death Penalties, Till Death Do Us Part, and Liberty Bells. Rebecca Washington. For Losers Keepers, Race Ipsa Loquitur, and Settling. And finally, Eugene Young for Legacy, Marooned, Checkmates, and Honorable Man. Okay. MVL. Now... How do you want to, how, do, how should we distribute this? I don't I forget how we do it in years past. Should we just have a conversation we must and then? Be, no, we must be unanimous. Okay. So we must I be persuasive. Have, 
I have the information on mm -hmm. who got the most votes. So okay. let me just, just throw it out there who got the most votes. Need more data. Here's the data. Lindsay got seven MVL awards between the two of us. So one vote for one episode each. So if we both voted, she gets two for that. So she got seven. Eleanor and Eugene got six votes. And Rebecca got five. So we can consider that, but I also think we should think about the specific cases they did, the mm -hmm. stakes, so on and so forth. Well, I think that for me, and it might just be because it's so fresh, the, I guess that that penultimate arc of the whole season with Eleanor Frutt um, and getting mm -hmm. John Hawks out of prison, uh, a three-episode arc, taking on the case for a $500, basically just a flyer, and yep. being inspired both personally and professionally and tracking down every last clue to the extent of exhuming a body and convincing the father to let her do so just to save the life of a man, just not and not just for John, but or what was, I forget the character's name, but... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But because, because it was the principle of the matter and how, you know, we got into the bigger picture of how many lives are lost. I think what I'm leading to here is, so that's where my heart lies right now, but it might be because it's mostly fresh in my mind. So I'll allow you to, to run counterpoint and remind me of some of the other work done by the other nominees. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on all of that. I think... Um... But also needs to be taken into consideration. I, I think we should talk about Lindsay's work in uh, New Evidence and Hammerhead Sharks, um, flying across the country oh, to right. defend a man uh, accused of murder. She dealt with uh, Massachusetts, and uh, she, she pulled everyone out of... Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Massachusetts, 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 Massachusetts. And uh, so she she did all of that work out in L.A. She had to uh, cross the highway to do all of that. She also won a case against the tobacco company with the cigar case. And uh, obviously, um, and Eugene did a great deal of work um, in, in Honorable Men, in Legacy, so I think, um, and checkmate. So he like he's Eugene's sort of always a that great. He's I always use him for like the killer shark, right? And yeah. he, he's always doing great work. He's always doing great work. In fact, it's almost I can't remember an a, an example of him losing. Really, he doesn't lose very often. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, so I I can definitely make a pretty good argument for Lindsay here. But I, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to Eleanor uh, too because the stakes for her case were the highest. Um, there was somebody literally about to be executed. And so the, and the odds were set against her even further than Lindsay's odds uh, because it was still in the initial trial. She took over for an incompetent uh, d d mm -hmm. defense attorney. Um, but he hadn't already be, been convicted, and as we learned from those episodes, the bar you have to you have to reach after conviction is much higher than pre-conviction. So uh, she literally raised his case from the dead by digging up the victim, and uh, and doing that amazing close. So 
I think I'm with you unless you're about to change your vote. I think Eleanor Frutt is our season four MVL. Yeah, I think that scene with the father, that compassion they showed in order to convince him was so powerful and great work on her part. And that close. I don't think there's been a better yeah. close since that close. So uh, I think we're unanimous pretty easily here. We don't have to deliberate uh, over the weekend. All right. Well, congratulations. Eleanor Frutt with your season four MVL. All right. Coming up next, the Out of Practice Podcast Best Guest Actor Award for Season 4. The nominees are James Whitmore for Legacy and Oz. Anthony Hell from New Evidence and Hammerhead Sharks. Bea Richards for Till Death Do Us Part. And Marley Matlin for Life Sentence. Now we're talking. This one's going to be, this is going to be hard. Now we're talking. This is definitely going to be hard. You know. So, start us off. Well, I'll first pitch back to when you first pitched this show to me. And I hadn't, I didn't know anything about it. And I hadn't really heard a lot about it. When it was there, I, I didn't hear much about it. And so, I was like, is this even a classic? Why? And then even the, during the first season, yes, our amazing, our amazing cast is stellar. But then when you start adding in some of the performances we see from these guest actors, especially in the past two seasons, who we are, uh, now I'm understanding. Uh, why don't we go yeah. through the data of their, uh, our, well, I guess. Though they, they, it wouldn't apply here because right. they're. So it's they're, funny they're because there. nominees one and two are, uh, let's, let me pull it back up here. It's James Whitmore and yep. Anthony Held. They had a bit more of a chew the scenery showy type performances for right. both of them, uh, and then well, their, their characters were a little more swashbuckly. Well said, Bia and Marley had to do some heavy lifting in the drama department. Right. I, I would be absolutely happy with any one of these characters winning. Uh, Although my heart really still sits with, well, I mean, I have to, I have to, I have to put my money where my mouth is. Uh, I said that Bia was the best guest performance that we've had on the show, and then two weeks later, I changed my opinion and said that Marley was the best performance we've had on the show. Now they lose a couple points only because uh, Whitmore had to do a couple of episodes, as did Held. However. I just don't think I've seen a better performance since we're talking about the actor, right? A better right. performance than Marley's performance in this show for me. And so my vote is pretty clear. I'm going to go with Marley. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I know. This is a, this is a really tough one. Uh, because I mean, I, I think you know, certainly just in terms of the heavy lifting acting wise, I mean, Anthony Held came in there and just held the stage and our attention. And he was such a, he was lightning on the screen in terms of just the excitement of it. 
Uh, but he didn't have as much heavy lifting to do acting wise. So, you know, it's, so for me, it comes down to James, Bia, or Marley. Um, and oh boy, it's really tough. They were all great. And James was great. Bia was so great. Bia didn't have as much to do. She had less to do. You're right. You're right. And it, it like, she was extraordinary, but I think a lot of what made it so powerful was the circumstances that she, the character had been written into. You know, she absolutely slayed it and deserved every bit of the Emmy she got for this. But it was a little, but yeah, some of the heavy lifting was the writing and the situation, knowing that she had Alzheimer's, knowing that it was plot did some of the heavy lifting. Um, <sighs> Now, uh, let me hold on. Let me throw a kink in the works since this is what this yeah. episode's for. James, whereas Bea, Bea, excuse me, I will never do that again. Bea and Marley, both their scenes, which were great, all, all of their heavy lifting, as you have said, takes place in the courtroom, right? right? Whereas James, he was all over the place. He's in the courtroom. They're at his house. There's scenes with him and his wife. There's scenes with him and Bobby. There's scenes, he definitely had to carry that performance, which is a heightened performance through multiple episodes, through multiple right. different arcs, multiple different beat shifts, that bathroom scene where he's naked in the, I mean, there's a strong argument, I think, for, for and, James Whitmore And closing well. on the grave at the right. end. Yep. Like, oh, I mean, all three of these roles are just tear out your heart, throw it on the floor and stomp on it. Heartbreaking. And... Oh, oh man, we, we have, have to, to be choose. unanimous. <laughs> we have to choose. Look, this I'll sucks. say that as much as I love Bia, she that Peabody and all the work she did, I don't know that she needs the oopsie bump. <laughs> Whereas Does Bia Richards need an oopsie? <laughs> no, I'm not saying James The legacy Whitmore. of Bia Richards yeah. needs an oopsie award. <laughs> I'm not sure that James or Marley need our help either. No, no, they do not. Uh, is James Whitmore still with us? He is not, unfortunately. Okay, so we would have to be giving this award to at least someone posthumously, unless we go with Marley. That's right. <sighs> Look, I, you know, I'm torn, but you have come into this convicted, and I think I'm going to have to defer... To the conviction. I could I could be talked in any of three directions. And if your heart is with Marley, it is my duty. You know what? Just be quiet your... for a second and just listen to those sobs in your ears. I oh I don't I don't want to. <laughs> I know. They're deep. They're deep. That, that was that no, that's too sad. This yeah. is a comedy podcast. You're right. I think I think I'm going to it's tough. I'd like to name the award the James Whitmore Memorial Best Actor Award for the Out of Practice that Podcast. Goes but, to Marley. <laughs> but I don't think we can do it. I think we have to go with Marley. Okay. Well, that's it. I'm not going to play the the uh, the applause bumper. I'm going to do it here. Applause for Marley. I agree. This is ASL for for applause. So way to go, Marley. It's also watered have... down Fosse choreography. If you're a mover. More so am, than a dancer. I am not. <laughs> I, I am neither. I'm a stander. You're a runner, baby. I, I ooh, that, that's that's bold too. Okay, well that's it, Marley Matlin. You have won the best guest actor for season four. 
Which brings us up to... It is time for the best actor of season four. The nominees are Dylan McDermott for Oz Day in Court, Settling and Death Penalties. Cameron Mannheim for Free Dental, Legacy, Checkmates, Till Death Do Us Part, Liberty Bells, and Life Sentence. Kelly Williams for Losers Keepers, Maroon, New Evidence, Hammerhead Sharks. And Michael Badalucco for Boston Confidential, Victimless Crimes, Bay of Pigs, Race Ipsa Loquitur, and Honorable Man. Okay. We're starting to get to the big hardware, guys. This is pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Okay. He, why so. don't you give us your data? Give us the data first, and then I'll let you go first. Um, I feel like maybe we're going to be uh, simpatico here, maybe. Yes. Yes. Fair enough. Okay. So we have three actors who have swept up eight Best Actor Oopsie Awards in season four. That is Dylan, Kelly, and Michael have each gotten eight. But there is one actor on the show who has walked away with 11 Oopsie Awards for one single season, which I haven't checked because I'm not the better podcast, but I feel like there's a good chance that's a record. Jorge's and got that, a spreadsheet. That actor, yes, please, Jorge. Oh, I, I have a spreadsheet. I just need to read it. That uh, that actor, of course, is Cameron Mannheim, who uh, showed up at the... Think about Cameron's arc. She began this season being chased around by George Vogelman in a nun's habit, mm -hmm. and then finished with the greatest closing thus far on the practice. Bookend by a incredible performance in which she speaks two languages. Right. Simultaneously. While Correct. acting in character. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, it, I mean, obviously, like, Dylan did some tremendous work here. He also went on a hell of an arc. Yes. Uh, being so, uh, helping James Whitmore's character in the Oz arc. He was abducted by a new kid on the block. Yep, survived uh, it. That was strange. And <laughs> then... <laughs> And did some did some really important work. He got married. He hung tough through it all, Keith, some would say. He really, he did. I'd, I'd play it, but we're going to get, uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we might have melted your whole system there. I, I'm sorry <laughs> to throw you that curve. No, I, I, I will always have hanging tough ready to go. Uh, so, I mean, and, and Michael went through this, the huge arc, uh, you know, trying to protect uh, Henry Winkler's character and Michael's him sort of melting uniformly down uniformly excellent. Just had some really great stuff. And of course, Kelly Williams had, you know, she was the MVL, almost up for MVL. She had that huge arc. She was the face of the show for the Super Bowl episode. Mm -hmm. um, so, and she also got married and she made the grand gesture Bobby didn't deserve in the wedding. So like all four of these characters have had tremendous arcs this season um, but I think we're probably unanimous on who on who the hardware goes to. Yes? Did Cameron win last year as well in the Oopsies? She did not. Michael won last year. Oh, Michael, right. Yes. And so 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's clear who deserves who who earned it. She worked for it. Um, and you know, one thing I'll say for all of these guys and ladies is that the writing isn't always consistent with their overall character arcs. Yeah, uh, Cameron yeah. and Jimmy specifically, or I should say Eleanor and Jimmy specifically, they have them kind of up and down. Like sometimes they just have Cameron instigating fights with people for no real reason. Right, or you have like victim. Eleanor, right. which is just an ugly color, but I love heroic Eleanor. Yes, and she finds that way to always find the median, right, and and mm-hmm. and be consistent. And when she's given the chance to excel, she takes that chance. And so I think she should be revo- rewarded with what every actress and actor dreams about their whole career. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cameron, get ready for the Oopsie Award bump because you are the best actor of season four. Congratulations. Wow, I feel somewhere in Los Angeles, Cameron just jumped up, leapt up out of her chair. Yeah, unfortunately, she's unable to see the Oopsie Award because it's behind all of that uh, smoke. Yes, all the smoke and all of her other awards. What is going on with my hair? I thought oh, I Keith, I'm running out already. I can't. I mean, stop with the drinking game. We've been we've said legacy twice already. You've been hair That's curtaining true. for an hour. I mean, people are wasted out there. Oh my god. Okay, well here we go with another wildly prestigious award. Get ready. It's time for the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. The nominees are, and they didn't all fit. Patton <laughs> Pirate Tom Brady. Empty Stadium Tom Brady. Sports Ball. Romance Brady. Forgotten Brady. Tom Brady wearing Bobby's dead mom's wedding dress jumping out of a cake for Keith's birthday Brady. Tom Brady shanking in a celebrity golf tournament Tom Brady. Ready for his nap Tom Brady. <laughs> SpaceX Tom Brady. Like and subscribe, Tom Brady. Phase two, Tom Brady. (laughs) You're a bad boy, so you have to go back to phase one from phase two, Tom Brady. (laughs) Tom Brady filming a TV show on a laptop held up with toilet paper in his boxers, Tom Brady. Union Square chess hustler, Tom Brady. The Fonz, Tom Brady. (laughs) New kid on the Brady. Caught in the web, Brady. Creepy no-arms mannequin, Tom Brady. (laughs) Jailhouse snitch, Tom Brady. Chain-smoking, Tom Brady. Why are you hanging around that stinky dumpster, Tom Brady? And Tom Brady eloping with Bobby's wearing... Ah, fuck! Tom Brady eloping with Bobby wearing Bobby's dead mother's wedding dress and Red Sox, Tom Brady. Oh, it was so close. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, man. That's funny. Oh, wow. So, uh, I mean, they're all winners. Let's be honest. They're all winners. They, they truly, they truly, truly are. Um, I think the finalists, the two finalists, actually, regardless mm. of what you actually were able to fit on the slide, for me are, um, uh, why are you standing behind that, by that sneaky dumpster, Tom Brady? Because that got the, that elicited the biggest laugh from you. That did. I really did enjoy. Well, because I I knew that you were going to go in some sort of a implying that Tom Brady is a necrophile. Mm-hmm. Or as uh, I would say, corpse banger. Or a corpse banger. Yeah, if you want to get scientific. Uh, so I knew that was going to be trouble the minute you started saying that. So 
I, I, I like you. You went a little oblique, so you'd have to actually hear the episode to know what that meant. But I know what that meant. I also, I think I got the biggest laugh. Look, uh, my two favorites were uh, Jailhouse Tom Brady because his head was so disproportionate to his body that it just made me cow. <laughs> but the first time I saw you Photoshop Tom Brady into Bobby's dead mom's wedding dress, that one was mm. a treat. So I think the, the first dead mom's wedding dress or uh, dumpster are, are my, would be my two picks. Stinky dumpster. Yeah, well, I, I would normally, I think, go with why are you hanging around that stinky dumpster, Tom Brady? However, okay, Tom Brady wearing Bobby's dead mom's wedding dress jumping out of a cake for Keith's birthday, Tom Brady, involved my birthday mm-hmm. and cake. Two of my favorite things. That's fair. So I, I think we just have to go with the winner is Tom Brady wearing Bobby's dead mom's wedding dress, jumping out of a cake for Keith's birthday, Tom Brady. Wow, I you know, I know he's down in Tampa, he's busy, he's got a he's got a game tomorrow. Um so hey, I'm Keith, sure that he's... game holds weight. Do you know why? Well, why why is that? Because in a twist of fate, some would say destined. By God? I, I think it's destiny. Yeah. I think it is, it's clearly God, Jesus taking the wheel here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and coming from two mostly atheists, I think that that means a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom Brady fell into my lap uh, in the ninth round of our fantasy draft together. And he did. It was between him and, and two ninth round wide receivers. And I thought, you know what? It's and I texted to pull that you. Mm-hmm. I was like, you have to. You have no choice. You said, you know what you have to do, is what you, you texted You know what me. you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the starting quarterback of the... Uh, uh, NYC Sticky Bandits. Sticky Bandits is none other Tom than Brady. Tom Brady. In fact, Keith, in our entire relationship, you have only told me, you know what you have to do twice. One was mm. drafting Tom Brady, and one was uh, murdering you if you ever can't use your arms or were on life support. Uh, specifically, only uh, 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 murder me under no circumstances except for I'm incapable of wiping. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Just kill me, Dad. One of our so one of our wonderful listeners. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. He's gone. <laughs> oh man, Mike needs to do every episode drunk. One of our wonderful listeners made a comment about that on one what? of the YouTube. How much? <laughs> so wait, CEO Jen, how much have you been putting in there? Because the quote was, "One of our wonderful listeners." <laughs> Well, if you'd stop with those hair curtains, I wouldn't have to drink so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we have one more award, and it's the most important as I weep. Wait, like you, forgot what you, even, you forgot what you were slurring, sir. Yeah, someone made a comment on the YouTube about... Uh, I think it was Phoenix. Yeah, most likely uh, about you needing to kill yourself. Not kill yourself, but it was about euthanasia. Euthanizing Keith when necessary. I can't remember, but... <laughs> Let's leave it there. Oh, this is gonna go great. Oh man, okay. Woo, I am sweating. Are we almost done? <laughs> no, it is hot in here. Okay, 
<laughs> All right, but we can move forward. It is time to announce the oopsie for best episode of season four. The nominees are Legacy, Hammerhead Sharks, Till Death Do Us Part, and Liberty Bells. Okay. Oh, I've, oh, I've got to fade it down. Here we go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. Here we go. It's fading. It's fading. Applause is coming up. I'm doing all this live, folks. I'm doing it live. Uh, we are doing too much. You're doing too we, much. I'm doing too much. And it's now, what time is it now? 4.10. So we're doing well. So, Keith, do you have the sum, the summer summaries of these episodes with you? Uh, I can do a quick one. Let's do it. So he has 30 Legacy. seconds to explain what happened in each one of these. Okay, Legacy is the first part of the Oz series in which we are defending Raymond Oz for killing his wife while he had dementia, and Ernie Sabella stops by to be the saddest lawyer in history <laughs> and is very sad at the end of it. Hammerhead Sharks is part two of the L.A. story in which Lindsay is able to get her client off for murder... In L.A., where Massachusetts is there, of course, Till Death Do Us Part is the amazing story of uh, Bea Richards' character who uh, murdered her husband and is able to get off of it, off from it, and of course, uh, and Rebecca saves her there. And of course, Liberty Bells was part three of Cameron's arc, getting John Hawks off for murder or uh, preventing him from being executed. Now, are we taking just that episode or the arc into consideration? Just the episode, right? That's a really good question. I, You know, most of these are part of a larger arc. So I think it should be mainly for the episode, but we're allowed to take the arc into consideration because out of context, the episode wouldn't be able to stand on its own. Let me give you some numbers. Yeah, please. Let me give you some numbers. Legacy, we gave a full nine points nine tires to hammerhead sharks got 9.25 till death do us part got 8.875 and liberty bell got an 8.375 but with an asterisk because the lucy scene lost because of the lucy scene it lost a full point so without the lucy scene Hypothetically, that would mean it would be a 9.375 and the highest rated episode of the season. Wow, talk about penalties, Keith. Talk about when we arbitrarily elicit a penalty. Yeah, yeah. And and here's the question. Are, does that penalty, does the statute of limitations mm -hmm. run out between the airing of the episode and the season finale oopsies? Or does that penalty stay with you forever? Is it on the permanent record of that episode? One day, I hope I'm afforded the opportunity to ask Marla Sokoloff if that scene felt as weird to her, like knowing Lucy's arc, mm -hmm. that is did to us. Had Lucy not had that victim arc, uh, that's not what we're talking about. Um, actually, it is actually exactly it's, what we're talking it's about. It's literally what we're talking <laughs> about, yes. You know, it's a shame that Legacy was so early sort of in the, in the season because I'd, I'd kind of forgotten how great it was. Clearly, we mm -hmm. loved it. And I'm, I'm thinking back at how excellent James Whitner was in that because he had to both be incredibly vulnerable in those scenes with Bobby, in that mm -hmm. scene in the, in, the, in the bathroom, in those scenes where he's realizing that 
oh, my wife is dead. And and then also chew the scenery and play that kind of character. And be so powerful. Because right. if you remember, he won the case. He got himself off for murder. Right. Representing himself with dementia because he was so charming and so smart. It just wasn't always firing at the same time. Yeah, th- this, this, uh, or at least this arc. I mean, this episode, like, and the Ernie Isabella story was so sad and beautiful. He'd never won a case, and then he still didn't win. And at the end, we all cried. And so it was, yeah. Anyway, I mean, to, continue. Just, just to help narrow the field, let me say that though I loved Bia and her performance and all of the other uh, performances in that episode, the episode itself felt a little... It wasn't as compelling, the, the case itself. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, Phoenix and myself have both lamented that some of the, it, the, it seems a little arbitrary in that we, the motive as to why the daughter was bringing the case, again, it was a little muddy at best. And so to, to give it best episode based on just a performance, I don't, I don't feel that, that that is right. Okay, so that's, fair enough. That's not I'll in the running that. for me. Um, Liberty Bells, I loved the arc. I loved the story at multiple times. If you go back to my sort of predictions and where I thought things were going, I was sort of kept off kilter the whole time. In fact, before the third episode, Liberty Bells, although it seemed pretty clear he was, she, they were going to win the case after three episodes, it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was a shoe in Sure, yeah. Hammerhead Sharks was good, although once again the writing, the whole we're going. She's a he's a pottery friend from art class. The whole thing was a little was a little weird. Some of the, I think for me it's down to Liberty Bells and Legacy is what I'm getting at. And, and having said okay. that, before I make a decision, I'm going to let you talk for a little bit. Yeah, no, I I I think I'm with you. Um, Hammerhead Sharks, we gave the highest score to. And if you remember, there was that that great twist at the end where fake Janeway did it, and and she got her on the stand. I forget exactly the circumstances, but you know, I, I think it didn't sit with me emotionally the way some of the other other episodes did. It was very satisfying and it was great, and and it felt like a big episode, but it didn't have the gravitas that uh, that Liberty Bells or Legacy had. I think. Um, I think between those two, I think just the character work. Oh, I'm going to, ah, crap. I was going to say, because like Ernie Sabella was so great. And James Whitmore was Was so so early in the season too. So early in the season. I just loved, loved, loved that episode. But if I go, if I think backwards to Liberty Bells, A, the showstopper was there for one of our cast, mm-hmm. right? It gave mm-hmm. Cameron that amazing, profound close. Two, it was about something that affects us all. It, you know, it was about justice and pointing out injustice. We learned something from that episode as opposed to felt sad for a quirky character. So it feels like a slightly more important episode in the larger things so i think i've just talked myself in voting for liberty bells 
I'm glad you say that, Keith, because the more I'm thinking about it, <clears throat> since this is our podcast, at the end of the day, what really is important is if when I think back on this season, which is what we're doing, and I think about what episodes ring out to me the most, I think about the Marley Matson episode, and I think about Matt that Lynn. because of... She, 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 uh, she's got an Oscar, she's got an Emmy. I think I made, I made, I did mention before that we're, we're very good friends and she lets me call her that. So, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You're good friends. It's, I'm going to text her later. Tell her she It's cool. Won. Yeah. I will. Uh, but that arc is my favorite arc of the season. And mm. I think the culmination is in the, the clothes Eleanor gave in the, the scene with the, with the victim's father, in the scene with every scene with John Hawk's mom. It's just from top to bottom. Even the writing was excellent. I just, I'm with you. I think I think we've I think we've figured it out. Wow. Okay. And I'm, I'm moving to Philadelphia, which is where the Liberty Bell is. So that's I feel like true. that's part of this that's whole true. thing. This is all very important. Yeah. Okay. You know that means that the best episode of season four was Liberty Bells, which retroactively got itself off for that terrible Lucy scene and was victorious. Wow, that's big. That was a stupid yeah. scene. Completely unnecessary, a, too. Com that was unnecessary. I was That was a trashy scene in a spectacular episode, but we are going to forgive it. And now, it is finally time for us to determine the number of tires that season four gets. Coming into this, Keith had an average tire awarded for season four of 7.69. Mike's average was 7.79. Remarkably close. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're very influential on each other. Uh, you know, it's interesting because, man, a supercut of us saying interesting would be wonderful because it's always. It, it would not be interesting, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that my my heart tires are higher than our mathematical tires. Well, I will have you know. Let me give you some more data, Speak, uh, particularly on that. In season one, I gave these the episodes an average of six point nine, you six point five eight, but the season tires was only six. We went Where down. Season, okay. season two, it was six, eight, seven, one, came up at seven. So that was about right. Last season was 7.17, 7.14. And the recap, we gave it an eight for season three. So I think heart tires, because every time we're doing the, I think we talked about this last time, each of these episodes we're rating in a vacuum. It is on that one specific episode. We don't know what's coming ahead. We're not calculating what happened before. So we're not really getting a, a, a bigger uh, 30,000 feet view of the entire season. So I think we need to trust our heart tires and give a number for season four. You know, my the only big, uh, there's a few negatives, a few dings that will forever haunt season four. Okay. The first is the grape jelly. It's a mystery that was never solved, and yeah. it's like Jimmy Hoffa. It'll always be there. What in the hell happened to the grape jelly? Or not be there, more importantly. You know, it just... Yeah. Hopefully, Scorsese, in a few years, gets the technology he needs on Netflix to really explore it with some, you know, de-age 
the grape jelly and we we need answers well look i'm one thing that we promised to do in the pilot of this episode was we are going to write and perform our own original episode of the practice and let me i'm going to make a promise right here on the season four oopsie awards writing checks if the grape jelly is not resolved by the time we finish this podcast i will freaking resolve it in that episode okay now, Keith, we've never really decided each time we kind of make decisions as we go along. Are we mm. going to perform all the parts in that or are we going to try to cast our friends to help us out? I believe we should cast a cast of actors. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. I've got some ideas. Because I, I have a plot and I have a plot idea that would make it impossible for us to play other characters. Oh, my God. Does it involve time travel? And you know what? I don't want to know. Yeah, don't don't worry about. Are we gonna it. quantum gonna leap good. into the practice because a Bill and Ted situation, or uh, I can't wait. Uh, well, we're gonna find out, but we're gonna find out about the jelly. Okay. So anyway, so that's a that's a major ding. Uh, the other yeah. ding is that I feel like at times, my boy Eugene and my love of the law of the whole firm, Rebecca, are completely sidelined. Yeah. And. Whilst that might, it, I'm not even going to try to predict why that was. It could very well be personal issues or professional issues. It might have nothing to do with this writing staff deciding, hey, we're going to leave them out. Regardless, if you're, if you're given circumstances where some of your main cast who have ongoing arcs aren't going to be in a lot of episodes, Holland Taylor is another example. At least explain it in the, in the writing. At least let yeah. me know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I feel in particular Lisa Gay Hamilton was criminally underused this season. And it doesn't make and a lot of sense. No, w with an actress of that quality, like if I'm if I'm writing a show and I have access to Lisa Gay Hamilton, like I'm giving her a lot to do because she can handle anything. So yeah, so and those the same are some... with Marla. It was like, you know, she was she was there as a seasoning mm -hmm. and only, you know, got a chance to do an arc once or twice. And and I certainly wish that there was I, just a little bit more equitable distribution of the storylines. It would, and, and the thing with Holland, even if she's contractually obligated, all of those things, it's not like she didn't have other things going on. Her career was established at that point. So, oh, for sure, it's all very confusing. Uh, that said, two of my favorite arcs of the whole series are in this season. Yeah, two of the best, three of. Maybe four of the best guest performances are in this yeah. season. Some of the best acting from our main cast is in this. I mean, let's not forget, though it was a ridiculous episode, that that Hanging Tough episode with Donnie Wahlberg, Bobby was firing on all cylinders. Oh, for sure. I wish they'd followed it up emotionally. Yeah. So yes. that, like, Bobby, there was any repercussions to that incredibly traumatic experience happening to Bobby that we just forgot about next week. And but I can yes. count... I can count on more than one finger the amount of times I teared up and or cried during this season, watching it on Hulu with you on a podcast. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So that all comes to be, though I'm my average was in the sevens, you said? Seven something? Uh, 7.79. I think I'm going to give it the, maybe it's the, the champagne bump, but I'm going to give it 8.5 spare tires. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're I, I, I think you're right about all the things that you said. 
the criticisms I have, I share with you. Um, but a couple of things. I, When I was doing all this work, we've traditionally had a worst episode category and uh, for the season-ending oopsies. But this season, I went through all the episodes, and we didn't have four bad episodes the entire season. <laughs> there were some that were better than others. There were some moments that weren't great. But frankly... Like they're just the the floor was raised by the season, as was the ceiling. Hmm. I think the best episodes were better than the best episodes previously, and the worst episodes were better than the worst episodes of the previous seasons as well. So I think we're we're really, you know, we talk about when does the series click in and become what it is and become reach its greatness. And I think this season is, you know, they talk about, is it season three or season four of Next Generation Star Trek when when it kicked in and became what it was. And I think this is sort of season three and four is when the practice became the practice. So I'm actually going to give season four a full nine spare tires. Wow. So that's 8.75 spare tires, which is, I think, ranks it our highest season. Yes, it is definitely our highest season. So congratulations, season four, with an incredible 8.75 rating. Wow, this is uh, this is a lot. You know, we have, uh, and that actually means we have gotten through our awards for this evening. Can you imagine we got through all of season four, all of the awards, and now we just have a few little fun things that I've queued up for Mike that he doesn't oh, know about. I don't know about, which makes it even better because uh, I'm wasted. Great. Well, uh, so I'm gonna. So I, 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 I have one clip, only one clip from this season, but it's a clip that I very much enjoyed uh, from possibly wasted Mike then too. So uh, guys, take a listen from uh, season four episode whatever the fuck it was. From uh, Black Widows, Mr. Mike and Deglio. I don't think you're well suited to being a Black Widow. No, it's true. Although I have been accused of intercoursing my fair share ladies right to death. Or wait, maybe that was just the death of their interest in my intercourse. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> you, you know what would help me with that? What's that? Viagra. You should ask your doctor about it today. It's available online for $11. No, $11 was the... $23 is the Propecia. Uh, but how much was the Viagra? I didn't actually in investigate the Viagra because I don't need it, y'all. You didn't care very, what it cost. I get a very hard dick. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Who oh listens boy, to this How much this are you shit? regretting having brought that up in the first place? <laughs> maybe very is not... Maybe <laughs> relatively is probably the term we're looking for at 40. I got a relatively hard dick. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't like hammering a nail with it, but it, you know, it stands up. According to the jury, he's not looking over you. It's a bad <laughs> If we can still get murdered, too. Oh, God, we're, 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 we're missing this plot point here. It's like one of those metal slinkies, but it's, you know, it's after you've used it for like three to four, three or four years. It, like, it works, but... So when it flops over, it gets like four feet long? Yeah. <laughs> but it's useless. <laughs> It just kind of flops down and the stairs. And definitely not as fun as you thought it was going to be. Huh. <laughs>
That's a good clip. I forgot about that. So there's a long clip of us talking about Mike's dick. <laughs> I enjoyed the one episode. I was you were like you had said you'd gone for a run and you were looking a little haggard and I mm, mm. I remember mocking you incessantly and then after we mm -hmm. got off the episode, Jen said to me, she'll be so mad I told you this too. She uh -oh. said to me, she's like, Keith didn't look great. Is he okay? And I was like, eh, well, you <laughs> can't tell. The lighting from his camera is a little wonky sometimes. Right, right, right. And then the next day, you're like, I've been throwing up for 24 hours straight. And you I, and and he he got through the episode. I I that is a level of professionalism I have never displayed before or after because I was fucking sick. Oof, that broccoli. That was insane. Oh my goodness. Well, guys, that's it. I can't believe it, but we have gotten all the way through the Oopsies season four. Woohoo! All right. Well, if you would like to talk to us about the Oopsies, you can contact us at Out of Practice on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. Find our blog at Out of Practice Podcast at blogspot.com. The Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by generous donations by Leanne Wrights, Cloudlover69, Jorge Navoa, and Jennifer Masanova. If you would like to be a part of the team, you can donate to the podcast in one of two ways. Monthly contribution or just a one-time donation. You can find the links to do so in our show notes this week and every week. Or you can simply leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast listening service of your choice and let us know. Or just tell a friend to listen to the Out of Practice podcast. You don't have to be a fan of the practice to do so. We're funny guys one way or the other. Keith, I want to let you Come know something. join the jury. Even if you couldn't wipe yourself, had no use of your <laughs> arms or your legs, all I'd do is stick you in that wheelchair, point you towards the TV, and make you keep doing stupid podcasts of old TV shows with me until you finally pass on to the next world. At no, that point, if I can't wipe, you have to laser me to death. All right, laser sound. <laughs> laser sound. Okay. Because this tuxedo is hot. I'm going to hide the, maybe I'll hide the wire in my jacket. It seems, it feels stupid. How dumb. Ah, green screen fell down. <laughs> and by green screen, I mean like the green sheet I happen to own. Watch me fall on my ass here. Looking good. Looking real good. Yes. And it's I guess that I'm nervous for this one because we've put so much work into it. I've never been more excited and embarrassed to be us. Tonight, we hand out prestigious. Focus, focus. Reset from the top, from the top. <laughs> Keith's green screen just fell down. Just like we planned it. Take three. It's the Out of Practice Podcast Season 4. Fucking, I screwed it up again. I have never seen Keith this out of sorts. This is going to take forever. I thought we were going to be done in half an hour. There was no TV. What does it take to get two chubby men to put on suit jackets in the summer? Season four out of practice, Oopsie Awards. Tonight, we have <laughs> the prestigious awards for no, distinguished no. achievements. What happened now? All right, let's, uh, 
let's see what the fuck happens, shall we? Let's do it. <laughs>